Welcome to Cellmates, where we're always laughing all the time. My name is Kate Phillips, and laughing in the background is my co-host, Dick Ward. Hi. Uh, he's already gone insane from the heat. Hey, Kate. We did you like not, hats? Uh, <laughs> wrong episode. Uh. We did not anticipate uh, recording a podcast in summer months where you cannot have additional cooling devices on we started in like the fall of last year Mm -hmm. so it wasn't super hot what we're finding is it's terrible to record a podcast in the summer okay that's a little i mean that's a little much we the last three times we've like had to time it with the air conditioner to start the yeah i mean we we legitimately can't have the air conditioning on and that does suck but it is 9 45 at night as we start this episode but i'm already hotter than i was like 20 seconds ago yeah you just keep getting hotter good for you thanks you're aging gracefully Mm -hmm. uh so we have to give a uh well dick what are you drinking well you know what tell I'll i'll tell you this kate uh this is a podcast where we talk about. Two, <laughs> do you want to just heat stroke? Do you want to just start this fresh? No. Now we're going to keep going. No. Great. So, heat stroke. Welcome to Cellmates. Welcome a to Cellmates. A podcast where we take uh, two movies and uh, compare, compare, contrast, contrast Venn diagram. And, yeah, generally Venn diagram them. Those they are movies are always animated. That's true. They are always animated. They movies. are always animated. They are often Disney, but not always. Often we musicals. Uh, not always, and often good. But not always. Today's are interesting. They are interesting. We've never alternated like that before. I don't know why you just looked at me like we were going to do it. No, it was really uncomfortable for me, too. You all are in for a treat This is going to be an epi- uh, We also don't normally record at 10 at night. Yeah, well, it's not 10 yet. Anyway, Dick, going back to my question before that Kate you so rudely Phillips. interrupted with yes. everything we're supposed to do. Yes. What are you drinking? I don't know. Exactly. It's a, I mean it's a it's a wine. So. It's a white. It is. And It's probably it's a pretty Sheldrake small, point. It's a pretty small pour, wouldn't you say? You know what? I'll tell you what. It is a, it is a pretty medium sized to small pour. Yes. It's a small pour in a small glass. Mm-hmm. Now, uh Dick, look look behind you. Over the other shoulder. Oh, Whoa. What else do you see? A bookshelf. Uh-huh. Uh, I see more wine. Whoa. I see three more glasses of uh, small to medium pours so, of wine. Four small pours of... Are they... They're different wines you you uh, note? Um, well, they're, they're, there are different colors. Uh-huh. So I'm going to say that, that yeah, they're, they're probably different wines. Probably different. Yeah. Would you call it a... Flight of wine? The way you're looking at me makes me believe that I would call it a flight of wine. Yes. We're having flights. Yeah, we're having some flights. Some flights of wine, some flights of fancy, some flights of... Yeah. A third thing. A third thing that you have flight. A stairs? Yes. 
we have stairs. We well, we go up three stairs to get into our apartment. We do. So there you go. Well, uh, Kate, why are we having flights? Well, because we made a new internet friend of the podcast. Hello, new internet friend of the podcast. We've had great suggestions before from friends of the podcast who are also friends of us in real life. Yes, but uh, we have to give a shout out to Kelly. Um, Kelly Acres Acres. Hopefully one of those is correct, um, who just started listening to our podcast and had a fantastic idea for a pairing right out of the gate. Yeah. Thank you for listening, Kelly, and thank you for suggesting because we are flying up high in the sky <laughs> and making a, and making arms. You, <laughs> you're making like a Superman. Uh, a little bit. Uh, we are talking about Peter Pan. That's correct. Disney's Peter Pan yes. and Up, Pixar's. Up. up up in the air, the George Clooney, Just Anna Kendrick uh, thing where he's like a frequent flyer and she's like... Uh, minus in the air. Yeah. Just up. Just up. Okay. Yeah, there's not like punctuation. It's both capital letters It's both capital letters, no exclamation point, no. which I feel like I want to write it with an explanation. Yeah. Oh. Exclamation. I want to write it with a stick and a dot. Heat stroke. Woo. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> So thank you, Kelly. Yeah, thank uh, you so much. That's this is so exciting. Awesome suggestion. So let me read uh, what Kelly has written. Kelly says, I have a possible idea. Up, one of Pixar's greatest movies. Mm-hmm. And Peter Pan, the 1953, beautiful animation, but weaker adaptation of the Barry classic, in Kelly's opinion. Uh, both Up and what? Peter Pan. What? If you just, that's you just, Kelly's opinion. Uh, I mean, we assume it's Kelly's opinion, right? Yeah. Kelly is right. It says I M O, which which means in my opinion. That's fair. I thought you were. I thought you were just like, look in Kelly's opinion. Oh no no. Oh, that's. I yeah, thought you were being really be, shady there. It says I M O. I fair was enough. translating it for the spoken word. Oh, I would say just just read it straight. Both Up and Peter Pan <laughs> feature characters flying off to strange new lands, but one is about finding new adventures at an old age, and the other is about trying not to grow up. Yeah. And I th- it done like yeah, that's it's a, great. It's a pairing I wish that we had come up with. Yeah, but we did And didn't. I was tempted to just delete this comment and say, Kate, I came up with a great idea and no one else did. But you saw it first. Ha-ha. So. Mm. Uh, no, it's great. So Yeah, thank you so much. This is cool. And, and uh, Starting off our flight today. Sure. Um, but real quick, uh, we'll get into it more as we go on. But um, the, the comment said, like, uh, one is about... Not uh, like not wanting to grow up, and mm-hmm. the other one is about going on to new adventures. But I would argue that they're both about not wanting they're to grow up mm-hmm. in a different mm-hmm. like span of your. Mm, mm, yeah, so good. So starting out our flight today. Starting out our flight today, we have a wine. Um, yeah, buckle mm. buckle up your safety belt. Whoa. Well, the safety belt is on uh, I signal. Do, I do not have a safety belt on this yeah, chair. Yeah, you, you maybe should. No. You're really good at spilling things. I am. That's true. Uh, we're starting off with Sheldrake Point Dry Riesling. Uh, it's from the Finger Lakes. So, uh, and Peter Pan has fingers. Sure. It's a, it's a relation. Uh, yeah. Peter Pan does have fingers. So does his shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dick, tell us about your history with Peter Pan. <laughs> and um, his fingers. Yeah. Oh. It's gotten weird now. And his so, shadow fingers. Let me tell you about Peter Pan. Uh, Peter Pan is a movie I watched a lot as a kid. I'm 
sure I just watched a lot growing up. Um, my dad is uh, my dad is not a singer, uh, and he's not so much for music. Like he likes an artist every couple of years. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. He just likes what he likes. Doesn't really care that much about music, but. I know the Never Smile at a Crocodile song from him singing it, mainly. I'm sure it was in, like, the sing-along tapes and whatever, but I know it because my dad would sing over and over. Never Smile at a Crocodile. So, I, I don't know. Peter Pan's just always kind of been in uh, my life as far as I can remember. Like, mm-hmm. this is something that was probably on tape uh, or recorded off the Disney Channel free trial or something like that. Yep. Um, And probably just playing pretty regularly in the house. Yeah. 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 Um, I also saw it as a child. And for real, I saw it as a child. Not Mm. like I thought I did with Alice in Wonderland. This one you actually did. I actually did. I recognized every scene. Uh, But I think I'm more familiar with it from the sing-alongs. Just like in general, the older movies, I know the sing-along scenes better. Uh, but yeah, these are characters that have really shot up to the top of kind of the Disney, not the vault, but mm-hmm. like the older movies. These are some of the more famous characters, mm-hmm. uh, from this era. Um, yeah. And one the, of the, the more long lasting rides. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, this ride still has like still hour has long waits every day at Disney World. Kate, I want to ask you, um, uh, not just your experience with this particular movie, yeah. but because there have been so many adaptations, mm-hmm. what's your like experience with Peter Pan in general? Is it a thing you care about? Do you have a favorite uh, aside from this? Because we're going to reserve our judgment on this right yeah. now. But do you have like a favorite Peter Pan inter- interaction? Do you have a favorite thing you've seen? Yeah, so uh, I saw Finding Neverland, mm-hmm. the Johnny Depp movie. That was fine. Mm. Um, I... Got a chance to see when it was on Broadway, Peter and the Starcatcher, which is an adaptation, like even more abstractly adapted. Mm. I mean, it's this, it's the story, but it's like Peter Pan is growing, is growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like Captain Blackbeard, not Captain Hook. And there's, there's some differences. Um, It really delves into the playfulness and the, um, kind of child's imagination aspect of it. It's one of like, I still count it among like the top five things I have seen on a stage. Um, fantastic. I did like, I went through not like a obnoxious one, but I did go through a Tinkerbell phase. I feel like when, um, when we went to Disney World, I was like 12. And so there was just so much Tinkerbell merchandise. So I think it was like a, a mixture of like, well, there's not enough bell stuff around and there's a lot of Tinkerbell stuff. So I don't know. I guess I like Tinkerbell now. <laughs> this is this is the souvenir that I can get. Uh-huh. I will say that my favorite pair of flip-flops were a lot for the longest time were a pair of Tinkerbell flip-flops from Disney World that I bought during a parade because I stepped in like a storm oh, sewer. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, like on the parade route and like got stuck between that and maybe like a stroller mm. and my sandal snapped. Um, it just broke in the middle of a parade. So like my dad and I went into one of the main street stores, me like hopping on one foot. 
through, nice. through parade crowds at Walt Disney World and bought these Tinkerbell flip-flops that I wore the rest of the day. Uh, they were purple. They were great. Uh, yeah. And it, I think they... I think they made it all the way to college, and then I think they got too weird. Nice. Yeah. Oh. Um, I, I want to... Uh, I, I also... Uh, yeah, just a heads up, uh, if you hear rain, it's because it's raining. It's because it's rain. Uh, yeah, we'll adjust uh, the recording process as needs be. There are some serious thunderstorm warnings, but we're going to brave it out. Yeah. So I just want to shout out um, Finding Neverland, the musical, mm. uh, which I saw, saw that, yeah. and I, I really enjoyed. Um, and uh, mainly because of one thing that I think is really fun. In Finding Neverland, the musical, uh, Captain Hook is played by the same character as Charles Froman, who like runs the, the theater. Okay. Um, Charles Froman in Finding Neverland, the movie, is played by Dustin Hoffman. Oh. And Captain Hook in Hook is played by Dustin Hoffman. Cute. So he kind yeah, of plays I forgot the same about character Hook. there. Yeah, you did forget about that. There are so Hook. many. I didn't really grow up with Hook, though, to be fair. I grew up with a lot of people who were obsessed with mm. Hook, but like I saw it later, and my main takeaway from Hook is that there's a tiny David Allen Greer in it who speaks gibberish. But it's not He's really adorable. David Allen Greer. He He's was, just like a child that looks like David Allen Greer. I, I mean, do you understand Neverland, yeah, Dick? Yeah, that's fair. David Allen Greer would never grow up and met Neverland. Um, so. Uh, there's one more adaptation of Peter Pan that I I would like you to just give me a quick recap of. Um, it happened live. It happened on TV. Oh, my God. Uh, I'll just go back to that random person who tweeted, uh, Peter Pan's, or NBC Live's Peter Pan seems like something that uh, Liz Lemon would spend 20 minutes uh, 22 minutes of an episode trying to talk Jack Donaghy out of airing. Yes. Uh, it was a disaster. That's your Christopher Walken as Captain Hook, correct? Which should have been a great idea. <laughs> but it should have worked. He hurt his back, and also he's old. He was on, like, the, like oftentimes this is a punchline. Like, oh, were you on, like, horse tranquilizers? Like, he was on he was, kind of was. horse tranquilizer oh. back pill. If you listen to like three of oh, our boy. episodes in the middle of our runs so far, I'm I'm absolutely back pilled up, and you can yeah, tell that is true. And I was not doing a musical; I was but just talking about no, them. you. Uh, yeah, I used footage of Christopher walking. Walking. Uh, he kind of was walking. He mm-hmm. kind of was just like sauntering and almost falling over, because Christian Borle mm-hmm. played Smee, which is neat because he played like the. Blackbeard, Batman. Hook character, and Peter Batman. and the Starcatcher. Yeah. Uh, and Christian Burrell is great. He's a musical theater actor, very celebrated on Broadway. And there are scenes where they act together, and it's just bonkers because Smee is doing all this work and mugging and dancing, and like Christopher Walken is like trying to stay upright. And I used clips in my music classroom because we were preparing for a concert. And uh, we were talking about stage presence and expression. And then, like, asked the kids which one they wanted to be more like. And they said, Smee. I said, why? Because uh, the other guy doesn't look like he wants to be there. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. So many adaptations. Yeah. So little success. So, Kate, which, let me ask you this, uh, because I don't remember you telling me. 
but you probably did, and I forgot because often I do that. Which movie am I summarizing? Which movie are you summarizing? You are summarizing Peter Pan. Oh, this movie. Uh, if you'd like to bring in Hook and Finding Neverland, you know, the story beats aren't that far off. So All right. I, I think I got this. Uh, good luck. All right. Two minutes on the cookie time. Oh, not 40. That's mm. way too many minutes. Can I just, ma- can I just mention really quick sure. that um, uh, the uh, line, second star on the right and straight on till morning, is also the ending of Star Trek VI. Just putting that out there. They asked Captain Kirk, they're like, hey, what adventure are we going on next? What plan are we going to go? Set. Second star on the right. Straight on till morning. Two minutes, go. And that's how it should have ended, but it ended with Star Trek Generations, where Kirk gets buried under rocks and left for hyenas. Kate, I I have the time. It's Peter Pan. (laughs) Uh, Wendy uh, is told by her, her parents that she needs to stop sleeping in the nursery with the rest of the boys. And get her own room. While most children would celebrate this, Wendy is against it because she doesn't want to grow up. Um, Dad and Mom go out, and Peter Pan comes in. What are you? What are you doing? What? I I don't know what you're trying to do. Oh, I see. I'll, we'll start this over. Can we? Yep. Sorry. You you're bad at charades. I love you. I'm not charading. I'm. Protecting the microphone from the rain. Uh-huh. I think that'll work. Do you think that'll work? Hey, Start can talking I tell about you, Star Trek again. I was about to. Yeah, great. Can I tell you this, though, is that... Uh, oh, wait. Hold on. Can I tell you this, though, is that uh, second star on the right and straight on till morning is actually how Star Trek Six ended. Okay. Uh, which were like Captain Kirk's last words. Ready. They're like, hey, where are we going? He goes, second star on the right. And straight on till morning. Set. And actually, Captain Kirk, that was supposed to be like kind of his end, but then they brought him back for generations. Cookie timer go. Uh, where Patrick Stewart, Captain Picard, went and found him in like a dream world. And then Captain Kirk died being buried under rocks and let out for the high. It's Peter Pan. I've got time. All right. All right, so it's uh, this girl, Wendy, a girl, uh, as often noted, uh, also a bird. Uh, she is uh, living in a room with her brothers and is told that she needs to grow up and move out into her old room, own room. Uh, while most children would be excited about getting their own room, Wendy is not because she does not want to grow up. Parents leave for the night. The dog is in charge. Like you would. Actually, no, the dog is not in charge. The dog is like thrown out because the dog was causing trouble. Um, And so since the dog's gone and the window's open, Peter Pan comes in. Peter Pan comes in and he takes those children to Neverland uh, so they don't ever have to grow up. Uh, While in Neverland, they get shot at by cannons. They meet the Lost Boys. The Lost Boys are like, hey, let's do 20 minutes of really uncomfortable Native American stuff. Uh, uh, and then um, Captain Hook kidnaps uh, the Native American princess. I guess she's not Native American because it's a fantasy land, she's but Indian princess yeah. is what they call her. I don't know. Indigenous princess works. Uh, kidnaps her. Uh, Peter Pan rescues her. Uh, Peter Pan kicks Tinkerbell out of the kingdom because Tinkerbell is jealous of Wendy 
and tries to kill her, kind of. Yes. Tries to have her killed. Captain Hook's like, yo, Tinkerbell, I'm on your side. Just show me where Peter Pan lives. Uh, Captain Hook tries to kill Peter Pan. Doesn't work. Uh, kidnaps the Lost Boys. He's like, yo, you got to be pirates. They're like, nah. Peter Pan comes, beats Captain Hook. Captain Hook gets uh, eaten by a crocodile. And it's, they uh, all live happily ever after in Neverland. They go home. All right. What happens with Wendy? She goes. She, I just told you she goes home. Where does she sleep? She she goes to her own room. You, 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 she goes to her own room and grows up. That's right. Great. It's really not as important as... No, it's not. That's why I didn't say it. Although I appreciate, because a lot of the older movies we've seen just kind of, like, they wrap up the, like, intense danger plot, and then, like, leave the characters for dead. (laughs) Uh, So Um, I appreciated that there was at least a tag on this I I will say I did tear up a little when Dad says, you know... I think I've seen that ship before. Yeah. Because he's looking at Peter Pan's cloud ship that turns back into clouds. Yeah. Um, and in, so in J.M. Barry's play and in most uh, productions in one way or another, uh, Mr. Darling, the father, and Captain Hook are played by the same actor. Right. And this case is no exception. It's the same voice actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the, and that's neat. Like, I thought that was... I think when I first heard that, I thought it was just a little bit of trivia, but mm. they do like they make a point to make you notice. Yeah. Um, both in the character design, but he like does not change his voice. He just sounds straight up like Captain Hook. Yeah, he. As he Mr. Darling. I think he's he sounds a little nicer. Uh, slightly. And a yeah. little uh, less piratey. Mm-hmm. But yeah, basically he's the same guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's interesting. You know, it's it's kind of making a point about. You know, the dad is kind of the villain at mm-hmm. the beginning and, um, you know, facing him as an enemy kind of humanizes him. And then uh, at the end, she, Wendy kind of accepts him and she's like, oh, dad, mm-hmm. you're my dad, even though you're a big old Captain Hook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Captain Hook does not get redeemed in that way. No, not so much. Just the dad. Just dad. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Captain Hook gets his butt bit by a uh, crocodile. This, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, multiple times. He was supposed to get killed by the crocodile in one of the drafts. Oh. Uh, but they thought that was too dark. Oh. They were right. Yeah, I yeah. think. Um, so, uh, yeah, this this movie is, um, I, uh, I, I want to say right out, you cut like 20 minutes out of this movie. I mean, it's kind of the second act. It's, it's, it's so good. This movie is... Really, really good. It's very good. Also. The entire like second act. That's is... the hard part. I want to watch Peter Pan again. Mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to watch Peter Pan again. And then I remember there's a point where the boys decide that they're going to, quote from the movie, capture Indians. I think they say engines. I, I believe they do say <laughs> engines. And it's just, it's... It's rough. The impressions are rough. The the jokes are rough. Like, and I knew it was going to be rough. Like, mm-hmm. people single out this scene and the and the the Jim Crows in yeah. Dumbo is like, yeah, Disney has a racist past. Mm-hmm. 
But honestly, I was shocked at how offensive it is. Yeah, it's and I was prepared for it. I thought I was prepared for it. Yeah, I started. And I wasn't. You didn't. You didn't hear all the lyrics to the song, and no. I was like, I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I was so. I will say I was a little more defensive uh, at first because of my childhood memories of this movie. I'm like, oh no, these song lyrics are funny, and then you're like, okay, what are they? And I said them out loud. I was like. Oh. No, maybe that's no, just a <laughs> it's just a racist joke. So it's 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 rough because these are clearly meant to be Native Americans in this movie, right? They're and they are uh, they are called Indians, and that's are. the colloquial uh, they're name. called Indians. In, well, yeah, it out. I think it goes between Indians and Indians, yeah, but I think their their game is specifically fighting Indians. So yeah, but <laughs> everything around it is beautiful and magical and exciting um i liked i I thought tinkerbell was way funnier than i did when i was a kid i i I enjoyed her like just like like straight up anger and and like i when she got angry she like literally got hot and like burnt through a leaf and like really really fun cool stuff in there like uh, yeah pros she's not gonna pass the bechdel test but I mean, she doesn't talk at all, so I, maybe well, that's Well, okay. I mean, she kind of does. She has this jingle bell sound that's supposed to be her voice. Yeah. And people who know her understand it. That's fair. Um, so it it's possible that she and Wendy have a conversation, but it's definitely <laughs> about a man. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so... There's problem. There's problems with this movie. There's problems all over. Yeah. So I do want to say Tinkerbell is hilarious. Yeah. Like by modern standards, she remind me. She reminded me of like the dwarves in Snow White, mm-hmm. where it's just this is timeless. This it's like is oh, this is just funny. Good animation. This is good storytelling. Yeah. Uh, this was the last Disney movie to feature all of like the nine old men yeah. of the, Disney's animation the, like, team. Big animation team the yeah. guys who created the way yeah. animation was done at disney and for the most part like pioneered how animation would be for the rest of the world until uh cg like kind of took over yeah. and cg still like takes from yeah everything that they've laid out absolutely so. yes um speaking of cg uh there's a movie uh, that's in three DCGs. Uh, anyway, let's talk about Up. <laughs> that was a good transition. Thanks. Um, yeah, uh, I saw Up in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. I thought it was pretty good at the time. Um, and then I kind of immediately forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, I've ranked it as like a mid-level Pixar. Interesting. Uh, in the past. Um this recent viewing definitely uh, shifted my perception. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that is, you know, just where I am at in life, uh, age-wise and situation-wise. Um, I can, I'm a little closer to the uh, old man than I was when I was a young man. Certainly emotionally. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I am a crier. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I saw it in the theater. I liked it. Didn't love it. Uh, really got a kick out of Russell. Mm. Uh, yeah. What yeah. about you? I also saw it in the theater. Yes. Um, 
I think you're going to be hard pressed. It actually, I'm a little bit surprised that you liked it and didn't love it. But um, I think if you say the name of the movie up to people, I like I haven't met a single person who would respond with Ew, up. I mm-hmm. hate that movie. Like yeah. everyone, pretty much has like a yeah, this is good, and yeah. especially the that. Um, it's not exactly the first 10 minutes, but that 10 minute, uh, that opener, Ellie and Carl, you know, their whole relationship from childhood. And, to and even, death. even when I would say like, uh, ups fine. Mm-hmm. Like I would say maybe that first 10 minutes is yeah. the best Pixar movie ever made. And, and you, then the rest of it's pretty good. And it's just so good. Like I recently will, I'll find it in the Twitter caves, but recently some Disney, uh, Twitter account, posted uh side by side with the storyboards for that scene and the full scene and like i didn't have the sound on i was like half looking at the storyboard i was looking at technique and it still made me cry uh it's just really well done yeah uh yeah i love this movie it made me laugh a lot i loved all the all the characters are hilarious uh and yeah this time it just i loved it again it Mm -hmm. hit harder because i've had more life yeah since then yeah yeah cool all right uh kate uh do you want to do a do you want to set a cookie timer for yourself i sure do uh and i would also like you to give yourself a handicap by talking about star trek before you start no thanks but i will say let's move on to our next flight oh let's go drink flight i tried to come up with a better word than drink. get a little higher oh let's bounce up with this kangaroo uh, uh yellowtail muscat uh disclaimer all of these uh wines are just kind of wines we needed to get rid of in the house oh uh, except, like, except for the one we opened yeah but that's like almost done the, well yeah the one we opened is almost two, done oh i thought you meant the one we had opened last week no i week. mean the one we opened for this but i've had that for over a year yeah yeah, so it's wines we needed to get a move on, um, either because they were almost empty or because we haven't opened them in the year. So, yeah, this it's like was... it's like when you've got leftovers that need eaten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this was this is Yellowtail. This is clearly from one of our parties. Yeah, uh, this is from this like is not our purchase, but this is we will from drink it. A, a, like a guest that we won't invite back. <laughs> because why would you bring us Yellowtail? It's not Chateau Diana. It's got a real uh, alcohol level yeah, in it. But that's fair. Anyway, cheers, and my two minute starts after I sip. Sip. Ooh, that All is right. sweet. Ooh. It's super, it's cloyingly oh, sweet. It just tastes like a grapefruit. Oh, okay. You're welcome. Anyway, uh, sweet like a grapefruit. Carl and Ellie, childhood friends, and they, they uh, Ellie's super adventurous and gets Carl out of his shell, and they both love like aviation and they want to travel all over the world, and they get married and they grow old together, and they always want to go to Venezuela to this uh, Paradise Falls. But Ellie passes away of old age, and so Carl is left as this elderly man alone in his house with all of these like promises of adventures and memories and he's very sad and the whole neighborhood is being constructed into oblivion around him but he holds out on that house and he develops a plan instead of selling his house he's gonna uh put a lot of balloons on it because he has a job with balloons and he's gonna fly away and he does but little does Uh-oh. he know on his house is 
uh, hello, my name is Russell. I am part of Troop 54? 54. 54. Um, he's a wilderness, Lodge, scout, wilderness Lodge scout who has literally attached himself to Carl's house because he's trying to win his Help the Elderly badge. And he's looking for a snipe, which is a story Carl made up. Anyway, he's on this house and the house is flying now. Um, but uh, he's got a, they're on that thing now. So they're flying to Paradise Falls, and there's a storm, so they get knocked out, and he can't uh, get Russell out of the plane. Oh, no, I'm going very slow. You're going very Um, slow. They land in Paradise Falls. They realize that Charles Muntz, this uh, eccentric aviation man, has uh, been trying to get this last bird, which Russell has named Kevin, uh, because it's almost extinct, and he wants a skeleton, but Kevin's a friend, and he just wants to get back to his babies. It's a she. And so they fight the dogs, and there's uh, talking dogs, and Muntz just wants to hold on to the past, and Carl realizes, no, it's not about the past. It's not about getting my house here for Elliot. It's about having new adventures. So he saves Kevin with Russell, and then they fly back home, and he kind of becomes a grandfather figure for Russell. Usually I'm really bad at those summaries, but that was that was pretty rough. Yeah. 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 Good job. Hey, uh, do you have you uh, uh, something I noticed? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, tell me about a snipe. Uh, a are, s- are you familiar? No, I don't know what this, a snipe this is. This is a new concept to you. Yeah. I, oh. I, I kind of know it from the movie. So a snipe hunt is uh, like an old Boy Scout uh-huh. joke. It's a. It's just. It's a. It's a joke you would play on someone. You'd be like, "Hey, go, 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 go!" There's a, been a snipe around here. You got to go get it. I see. You got to go on a hunt. So this is like, it's a like a scout joke. It's a, or like yeah. an old man joke. Uh huh. Um, the other thing would be like, um, you know, uh, you go to the gas station, give me some blinker fluid. Like that's that's something we would send people out. Okay. On. But yeah, snipe snipe hunts are an honored uh, tradition, mm-hmm. as you tell gullible idiots to go on a snipe hunt and they go away from you and russell is such a lovable idiot. he's such he's so dumb he's so great he's so sweet he he's really, such he's, a sweetheart yeah he's my fave um and his like his just bewildered innocence and earnestness plays yep. so well against carl's kind of he's gruff but i like how they keep the playfulness from his childhood and mm-hmm. his adventurous spirit in him um but he's kind of, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he thinks he's kind of lived all his adventures. Yeah. And this bringing the balloons and the house to Paradise Falls for Ellie is his, is kind of a completion of that adventure. And he's looking to complete rather than yeah. experience anything new. Yeah. And I don't even see it as he thinks he's lived all his adventures. I think he just, I, I feel like at the beginning of the movie, he feels like he has failed mm. um, because he never got... Ellie to Paradise, to Paradise Falls. Falls, yeah, and so this is him like, uh, like redeeming himself mm. almost, yeah. And then he realizes, I mean, that he shouldn't do that because that's dumb, yeah. And just go live your own life, yeah. Have your own adventures. As Russell is trying to preserve Kevin, the uh, eccentric bird, uh, he's like pressing on with, "I have to get my house to this specific place that Ellie yeah. had in the picture of." where this house was going to be in Paradise Falls. It wasn't enough to just balloon their way to South America, yeah, they, which okay. is like... Can, can we can we just... Okay. To 100 feet away from... <laughs> he balloons his house anywhere. Already amazing. Yeah. And then he spends... Like, the house gets in the storm. He 
catches all this stuff that's falling so it doesn't break, mm-hmm. ties it down, and then like passes out. Mm-hmm. And Russell steers the house to the exact spot in South America yeah. where... Uh, uh, Paradise Falls. What's the old guy's name? Months. Months? No. What? The oh, other Carl. old guy, Carl. Where Carl wants to go. All of this happens. He wakes up and he is looking at Paradise Falls. And like he's amazed for a minute. And he's like, well, I got to take this house over there. Let's go. Yeah. Like, dude, appreciate. Appreciate this just for a second. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that you made it there. Um, And we see like when he gets the house there, he's he's not excited. He like sits down. He might like read well, the newspaper or something. By the, no, by the time he gets his house there, it's a whole like, it's the, it's after he and Russell have a big argument because right. Russell wants to. At this point, they have months. Ha, months has revealed himself to them as just a bad guy who just wants the bird and doesn't care about, you know, the real adventure. He just wants to make this collection right. and he wants to kidnap the bird so that people back home believe him. Uh, and they don't see him as like a as a fraud, and uh, and yeah, it, Russell values correctly mm-hmm. that the bird needs to be with its family. It's the relationship that's important, and uh, you know, Carl is tired out. His house is no longer flo- like he has to drag it the last couple feet to get <laughs> drags a house. Drags a house. Uh, Yo, Carl, Carl strong. He is, um, and. It, like he's done with the adventure. I don't. I the scene itself is. I thought it was going to be more um, harsh on Russell than it was. It's yeah. just a little bit of just like I'm done now. Leave me alone. Yeah. And Russell's like, no, we have to save Kevin. So Russell runs off to save Kevin. And he's got like a balloon and a leaf blower. Yeah, it's awesome. He's determined, but so that's why when Carl gets there, it's kind of anticlimactic because yeah. yeah, he's achieved this, but now he hasn't made good on this new adventure yeah. and relationship. And also, like, what did he achieve? His house is right. near a waterfall. Yeah, I don't really know what his plan was. At the, I guess he had... I mean, Kevin gets a lot of food out of his house oh. to, like, nest for her family. So, I mean, Carl had a stockpile. I don't know how long I, he planned on yeah, living. No, I, I, I think he was just falls, like, but that was it. That was yeah. the end game. Yeah. Very morbid. Uh, so this movie is about valuing like that relationships are the adventure yeah um not necessarily the specific site or scene itself um these movies um there's a there's a lot of deeper stuff that they have in common mm -hmm. um but one thing that they have in common uh that is less deep that i want to just touch on a moment is a a motif a musical motif that Mm -hmm. uh carries through a lot. Yeah. Um, Ups is the... It's called Ellie's theme. Ellie's theme, yeah. which comes back in the action scenes. It's in like, in like every scene. It's, it's in all these different iterations of that theme. And it's mm-hmm. very, very cool. And Peter Pan, of course, has uh, Peter Pan's little song he plays on his pan pipes. Do-do-do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I find that interesting. Did you notice Pan's theme or Pan the Pan pipe thing coming back anywhere else musically, or was it just uh, Pan playing it? 
Yeah, he plays it anytime it's like his action scene. Mm. That's what the music's doing. Um, Yeah, and I feel like we were just kind of whistling it at each other mindlessly throughout different parts, so it it stuck, for sure. Like, I don't really have any songs from Peter Pan stuck in my head. I, I love uh, a lot of the music from Peter Pan. You Can Fly is is it's good. so good. It's good musical theater. Um, but the thing that I had stuck in my head was... Ba-ba-da. Ba-ba-da. Um, yeah. Uh, it's fascinating. That mm-hmm. and, of course, uh, Ellie's theme. Ma-na-na-na. Just like... Running through my head as I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, whoa. but that, yeah, like you said, that would change too. It was like, bum, 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 yeah, bum, 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 and it goes into minor when mm-hmm. there's a problem, and yeah, so it's it's interesting that you very know, intentional Ellie and Peter have these kind of spirits that affect a bunch of people in the movie, mm-hmm. and I would, I mean, Ellie is certainly not the character with the screen time in the movie. She's only in that 10 minute section. She's mentioned a lot, but she's not obviously an an actor. And I would say Peter Pan is more of an actor, but less so than you might think in a movie that's named after him. Yeah. He's not as, uh, he's, he's not as much the main character as as I think I remembered him. I mean, Wendy is the main character. She has the arc. She has the change from beginning to end. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, they, they're kind of like, influences and, Ellie even mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, more than more than Pan of course but like and they become yeah. embodiments of ideas mm-hmm. and philosophies of Peter's is I'm not gonna grow up no. I'm gonna be a Toys R Us kid yep uh, I'm fixed to childhood and childlikeness and yeah. you know to Wendy it's tempting but ultimately it feels silly Captain Hook is you know, very much against it Mm-hmm. which I think is a different strain, right? I don't think in Peter Pan we're supposed to be like, yes, never grow up, right? That's not the choice that Wendy makes. And you see the Lost Boys and Peter kind of behaving silly-like, and do there's you, a line. Do you feel that Captain Hook is on the side of growing up? Well, so why else is he there? So that's that's the thing. Like, I think he might represent growing up a little bit Mm -hmm. but i think that's something that is in my head from other adaptations sure because in this he like his big thing he has against peter and the lost boys is that peter pan threw his hand to a crocodile yeah um and early in the movie uh smee uh uh, in a little touch that i really enjoyed uh captain hook says well he threw my hand to uh, he cut off my hand and threw it to the crocodile and Smee's like oh he just cut off your hand is sort of a boyish prank and Captain Hook says yes but throwing it to the crocodile was over the line right <laughs> um I love that moment uh-huh. um but yeah like uh, Hook doesn't seem to be upset about children he like he's like hey everyone y- y'all can be pirates join my crew mm-hmm. um so like I I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's there. Maybe it's not. But I feel like in my head, mm-hmm. Captain Hook is the grow up guy. Yeah. But I think that might be because of all of the other Peter Pans. Yeah, and the double casting. Right. I wonder if there's then more of an argument for like him being against the spirit of 
childishness. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, that, like, you, be my pirates, but, like, these these dumb games are like, cutting people's hands off and cavorting with mermaids. Like, like this yeah, is all quite silly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah. I think, and I think there's value in, you know, it's, if, you know, Peter and the Starcatcher takes on the mantle of this, these are like kids kind of putting on a backyard play, which mm-hmm. you see in Finding Everland, at least the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whether or not the kids are designing this villain to be like, this villain is opposed to my childhood, or right. whether it's like, it's a villain for a silly reason, but it has dad's voice. Yeah, like, so there's there's like a there's, subtle... There's both... There's two stories happening. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably more... And it, in, in fairness, uh, Mr. Darling is not necessarily against childhood. Like, he's pro-growing up, but he's really like, hey, you gotta stop being silly. Stop talking about Peter Pan. Right. Stop letting a dog be a nanny. Stop, you know, like... Cutting our sheets. Boundaries. Boundaries. He's he's in favor of boundaries, yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas the mom is a little bit more playful and is like, well, they're kids. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's be reasonable. Um, and then up, so so if Peter Pan kind of represents the childishness the or the a- spirit of childhood, up, yeah. um, you know, that's kind of Ellie too, right? Not necessarily childhood, but I think adventure takes the place of yeah. that here. She's the spirit of adventure. She's she's what makes Carl. Um, technically, uh, the Zeppelin is the spirit hey, of adventure, or maybe a dirigible. It is. I don't know. It's a it's a blimp that Muntz uses. Well, I don't think it's a blimp. I think it's a rigid airship. Okay, we're gonna be sure. <laughs> uh, so anyway, it, like, it, so not only is she the spirit of adventure, but I love that it, it, this, it reminds me of like any time um, Mother Gothel is saying, I love you, Rapunzel, to Rapunzel, she's touching her hair. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Carl talks to Ellie and looks at the house every time he does. Um, he doesn't look like up in the sky. He looks up at the house right. and says, I'm sorry, Ellie, or can you believe this, Ellie, or... We're not going to do it, Ellie. And so they're so attached. That right? house, the house represents their life together. Is Ellie, yeah. Yeah. So taking that house on the adventure is taking her on the adventure. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't have that, then what is he? Like, if he's not literally tethered to his house, then what is he tethered to? Right. Um, he doesn't have an alternative. No. And I think that's really neat, especially as, you know, once he parks his house and Sits there for a while. He realizes, well, oh, dang, I need to help that small, lovable child and his bird. Yeah. And it, he wants his house to float again, but it's been too many days. And so the only way to get the house to float again is to purge it of its contents, mm-hmm. of all its furniture, all its appliances, all basically all the memories. He Marie Kondo's it. He Marie Kondo's it to the extreme. To the extreme. <laughs> to the extreme. Um, and sheds that weight literal and figurative and then he's able to float back and tether himself to some new relationships it's like this close it's like this close to being heavy-handed yes but it's not it's not it's like just on the border um because it's like oh he's literally getting rid of weight he's Mm -hmm. he's like it's 
and it's wait. so close to being a little bit too literal, but mm-hmm. it's it just works so well. Like that that moment in the movie really struck me, really affected mm-hmm. me. Yeah, and yeah, and just and just the fact that Ellie is the house, right? Like mm-hmm. removing things from hers is very, and removing her from removing, yeah, literally removing, yeah, every remnant of Ellie from that house. Yeah, is very significant, and that's ooh. yeah. But he makes new relationships, yeah. just like Wendy. He he grows up yep. in a different way. Yeah, it's it's another kind of growing up. I mm-hmm. you know, there's there's different stages in life, and and for him, like moving on after the death of someone he's been a partner of for I don't know fifty years at that mm-hmm. point, sixty. I don't know, you know, how old they were, but they met when they were like eight mm-hmm. so you know he's known her for so long in his life so that that moving on that you know um dealing with loss uh that's a big one whether it's you know um whether it's that or whether it's even like i know uh when my parents moved out of our childhood or my childhood home um like for me it was kind of eh, because i was already living in new york but I know for my dad, it was like, well, we can't get rid of this. We can't get we can't get rid of this thing. This is this is uh, sort of from the from the old house. It's mm-hmm. like, well, no, you don't you don't need any of that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, I I think they've been paring down on it. But um, my you know my 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 dad definitely has those. Let's hold on to everything because everything represents something. Everything. Uh, you, I'm gonna use this one day, or like, oh, you know what? My dad gave this to me. Yeah. Um, he has those tendencies for sure, and that's uh, that's something I recognized in uh, Fred, Clark, Greg, Carl, Carl. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that you bring up your dad, and that we're, you know, I mean, up is what fifth some years after Peter Pan storytelling Mm -hmm. techniques have become more honed we're looking for more out of our stories than we were 50 50 years ago but I think I mean right now we are speaking with about up with a little bit more reverence and a little bit more oh this resonates with me as opposed to talking about Peter Pan more abstractly so removed of you know, storytelling uh, aesthetics. Yeah. Do you, like watching these two movies, do you feel like you, and I mean, we're technically closer to the Lost Boys age than Carl's age. But like what resonates with you? That depends how old Carl is. It does depend on how old Carl is. I might be right in the middle. Okay. Yeah, you, yeah. I'm closer to the Lost Boys. (laughs) Do you feel do you feel like you resonate with things in both movies or do you feel like no it's just Carl or it's and just that's, that's a yeah. great question. Um and that's like that's something I've uh, uh uh noticed growing up especially you know in the last 5 or 10 years is like uh, movies that once resonated with me I look at them like what? No. Mm-hmm. Or like you know uh Rent we like I feel like every 5 years yeah. Rent is reanalyzed, and we all look at it from a different lens. Um, you just have to pay it. You just have to just, pay your rent. Like, and it's like, well, also they're offered free rent if they just like, hey, stop this protest. At the same time, 
like have your principles that's yeah you know like there's 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 all sorts of pieces of it but like the means of productions yeah (laughs) and that's the thing like like two years ago three years ago i had this this reckoning with rent where i'm like no just pay your rent you ingrates like get a get a get a job or or just cancel this stupid cow diet coke protest it is a stupid protest i will say that like cancel that and he said that you can live there free for life that's awesome this is new york rent ain't cheap here even if you're in like one of the burbs like uh or one of the one of the one of the outer boroughs Mm -hmm. i mean um but like even recently thinking about it i'm like hmm. well i don't know protests are kind of important sometimes I will, uh, on uh, another point for yeah. Benny's side, he is innovating. He's creating a digital art studio. Oh, see, I just roll my eyes at that. Sure, but in 1996, he's probably creating new jobs. Probably the rent kids could have gotten jobs with Ooh, it. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying. I don't know about job creators. That he's innovating. He's not saying that we need to use coal forever. He's saying, well, the technology is changing. The job market has to change with it. I... I am too involved in tech to be on any <laughs> any tech mogul's side. Sure. Um, but so so <laughs> to answer the question you actually asked, um, Peter Pan is something I think I identified with a lot in my twenties. Um, in my like, I'm not going to grow up. Uh, I'm just you know what I'm I'm doing what I do. Yeah. I'm just going to be me. I don't mm-hmm. need to grow up. Like there was a, a phase in my life where I, I very much identified with, um, with like that kind of message and that kind of, um, that kind of thinking. I'm like, yeah, the lost boys got it right. You know, Peter Pan's got to figure it out. Um, and now I'm kind of like, Oh, that's sweet. That's, it's very, it's very sweet. It's a very sweet notion of like, I don't want to grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, when it turns out grown up is kind of cool. <laughs> I, I have, I have a, an apartment that I share with my girlfriend, and we have air conditioning, and we buy plane tickets, we and can I can podcast re- as late as we want to. Yeah, and I rent cars. I can <laughs> do that. Um, yeah, I have. I, I don't have to ask my mom for money to buy like a a, a box of like comic books. I can just <laughs> go do it. It's awesome. Like there's downsides, but. There's some upsides. There really are. Uh, I own a Switch because I bought it with my own money. It's a cool video game system. I can buy video games whenever I want. I don't have to wait for Christmas. That's correct. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, I think you know at, at this point in time, and uh, Up is the movie that resonates with me more. Mm-hmm. Also because um, between um, me seeing Up the first time and uh, me watching up now, I lost both of the grandparents that I was close with. Mm. Um, the grandparents on my dad's side, one I didn't know super well, and the other one I, I have no memory of because she died when I was very young. But the grandparents on my mom's side, um, you know, lived a, a very long life. And so uh, I can't help but see them when I see mm. this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think part of me resonates with that, mm-hmm. you know, um, with my grandpa after after my grandma passed um bought uh not a motorcycle but how would you describe that you've 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 it's seen a, it or ridden it it's like a tr- motor trike. yeah it's like a motor it's got 
more wheels or bigger wheels than a motorcycle. Yeah, it's it's a, it's like part scooter. It's like a trike, and it it only goes like forty or something like that. Uh-huh. But it was way too fast for a then ninety <laughs> year old man. Um, yeah, but like you know, he got into some some adventures after after Grandma passed, and uh, I can't help but like see him and think about him like. Uh, climbing out of windows for some reason uh, because he like accidentally locked himself in the bathroom. So like instead of like calling someone because I guess he didn't have his phone or his iPad or whatever, he like climbed out the bathroom window. And I'm like, you know, so whenever I'm seeing this this old man, Carl, like do something crazy, and I'm like, uh-huh. how did he live through that? I'm like, well, yeah. I could see that. I remember, you know, I was like, oh, I remember when Grandpa fell off of his lawn into the lake six feet below, mm-hmm. uh, like bounced off of a kayak and then got up. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, old men are like toddlers. They can take a beating. <laughs> they can fall and get back up. So interesting. Before I I flip and, and yeah, share mine, flip away. Um, I was reading that... Uh, you know, after Toy Story and kind of the Uncanny Valley critiques that uh, were made of the human characters sure. in that one, Pixar was very uh, careful about creating human characters mm-hmm. um, in their subsequent films, especially in the decade or so after. And so they made a special, um, you know, a special effort to make the characters look a little bit more cartoony in yeah. this one, which I think works well. Like, oh yeah. Um, and they had specific for Carl. They had specific parameters of how far his head could move, <laughs> and like to make him stiffer and yeah. to make him older. But then they said as the movie goes on, they loosen those a little bit. And by the end, he like he does have like a hilarious old man action scene where like backs crack and they like lock and That's it's really fun. funny. But I identified with that. But yeah, <laughs> but by the end. Because he's kind of got a new lease on life and he's been rejuvenated. He has more he has joint more movement, movement and That's yeah. interesting. And that's that's something I think like I noticed subconsciously. Mm-hmm. But like that's 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 really yeah. cool. That that's a lot of care that's But it's put interesting. Into that. Like I think it's it reminds me of like your ninety year old grandfather being like, Yeah, I'm gonna get a motor trike. Yeah, I can <laughs> climb out this window. This is fine. Like it's chicken and egg, right? Like yeah. maybe that's why he uh, lasted so long because yeah. he's just like, Screw, I, he's like, ah, whatever. This is what I do. Loosen up these joints. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I think Up. I would say that maybe Up and Peter Pan work a little bit in partnership with each other. Yeah. Um, Peter Pan. So not specifically this version, but Peter and the Starcatcher, and specifically the way it was directed. <laughs> I'm just going to talk about something that's not on the podcast. We're just going to talk about Peter and the Starcatcher for a while. This, so this stage production specifically, but then seeing the movie has like the sense memory a little bit. Yeah. Because it was directed like a backyard kids production where like the the crocodile is made from, you know, they're, they're in the jungle and they have all these like big leaves and then the crocodile appears, but it's all the people just bringing their leaves together to make a crocodile silhouette. Mm-hmm. And there's two flashlights as the eyes and... Is just really imaginative and really like, right, like kids are super creative and we forget how to do that as we get older. And as a teacher, I'm always aware of that. Like I'm always in a cycle of, duh, like I'm making this way too hard. Just put together some leaves and some flashlights. And so watching Peter Pan, the Disney movie, um, 
you know, there are certain scenes. Because I do, like, rampant racism in those Indian yeah. scenes. But, yeah. like, the kids are having so much fun. And they're, like, having these on the, these adventures. And you discover at the end of the scene that, well, this time they are capturing them for real. Because they think that they have something to do with the kidnapping of Tiger Lily. But they reveal that, like, oh, we do this every day, and normally just whoever wins lets the other one go free. And, yeah. Like, you know, a, we win half the time, they win half they the play. time. Yeah, it's a game oh. they play, but they treat it with such seriousness and such earnestness that, you know... Like kids at play. Yeah, that kids at play. And so there's that element of it. Like, no. I... You know, I'm I'm all for not being stuck in a state of childhood and refusal to grow up and mm-hmm. develop as an adult. But um, it's like those scenes in that movie that kind of excite me and like, oh, right, like kids have the best answers for things yeah. and they they have all these great ideas. And um, so related is up. I feel like. Less do I... Before, sorry, mm-hmm. before you get to Up, I want to push a little more on this Peter Pan thing. Uh-huh. Um, because we, I feel like you went very Peter and the Starcatcher. I did. On this. And uh, so I want to push back on that. And I want to say, like, let's, let's just talk about this movie specifically. Mm-hmm. And the experience that I assumed you would go right to, which is you are uh, a teacher. Mm-hmm. You are an older sibling. Mm-hmm. You are Wendy in a variety of ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you know, they, when Wendy is like, oh, cool, I'm going to be your mother now. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not a mother to a bunch mm-hmm. of strange kids that you don't know, mm-hmm. but you're, you know, you're a teacher. You, you, you have like some of that experience of like, hey, you boys are, are being real ridiculous right now. Let's calm down. Let's do a, Let's do a thing. Like, did did did, did Wendy like? Uh, did you identify with that at all? Or yeah. Is it... So it's interesting. I identify less with Wendy hmm. as a teacher because mm-hmm. I guess I feel like maybe the closest proxy is Mrs. Darling, who's just kind of there and like giggling at things, not <laughs> stopping things, and not like and just like, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Like yeah. that, that's funny. You drew a treasure map on your dad's like, tuxedo. That's, 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 that's good. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, His shirt front. Shirt front. Whatever that is. Yeah, whatever. It's something like a dry erase board. We do do some research. We don't research shirt fronts necessarily. So it's interesting. Peter Pan, for me, more has um, uh, analogies. I I have felt more like Wendy in um, dating and being attracted to boys throughout my 20s. (laughs) Quite honestly. (laughs) That like... Yeah, it's, you're laughing because you've been a boy in his twenties. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the that's. I and I feel like, you know, it's it's nine nine the nine old men or nine what magic men whatever nine, nine old men nine old men um who are doing this the nine magic mics. I think I think this movie is a little bit about childhood. I think it's a lot about pre adulthood, which is not mm-hmm. necessarily childhood. Yeah. Um. Because there's this kind of unwillingness to grow up when it's really your time. Mm-hmm. And that's a thing that happens, you know, right after teenagerdom. It's different in 1953 for a lot of reasons. Um, 
Gen- gender Peter is different. Peter has a, a lot of gals, but he's not ready to settle down with mm-hmm. whoever he d- his best gal is. Well, and you mentioned the fact that, like, the I was annoyed because, like, all these women are just fighting each other. Like, that's how women are portrayed in this movie. They're that fighting each other over Peter. They're all at odds. Although Wendy is kind of like, I don't really care about this. I, yeah, and they're... If the like, fairness, the mermaids and Tinkerbell all want to kill her, but she's like, I... But they're not... Like, the mermaids and Tinkerbell aren't fighting each other. They kind of... Exist no. in that ecosystem when But maybe is they've the, already fought a couple of times. I don't know. I mean, they may have, yeah. But you brought up the point that you don't think it's necessarily about dating Peter, but you said, do you remember? I don't. Could you tell me? You said it's more about like the mermaids and Tinkerbell have this um, defensiveness and kind of like mama bear attitude toward Peter because if he liked a girl, it would mean that he's growing up because mm. boys don't like girls. Like, right. Only slightly more adult boys start to like girls. That yeah. means you're growing up. It means you're developing. And so you kind of saw it more on a, as a commentary on that. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it might be that. And thinking again, you know, like uh, uh, thinking again, I'm thinking, it. Uh, you know, maybe he's, uh, maybe it's like, uh, so I feel like in the 50s, dating was much more casual, mm. but also like much less serious mm-hmm. in a weird way. Um so, like, maybe it was, like, taking, you know, they saw Wendy, like, in his home taking on a mother role to the boys as, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a serious relationship and we are not about that for Peter. We want him to keep doing this. Right. You know, so there's, there's like, a couple ways to look at it. I, I, still think, I still think that's an interesting interpretation, too, though. Yeah. Like, the idea of, like... Because well, Peter, like, and, Peter and this, seems uninterested in girls, and this completely. movie has more more females in it than, than probably the expect. princess movies. Like yeah. honestly, of that time, oh. there's the mermaids, there's Tiger Lily, there's mm-hmm. Tinkerbell, there's Wendy, and like like three named female characters who are not like sisters or fairy godmothers, yeah. right? Like three females of differing agency, but. Three named females. Named females. Um, so that's neat, but then the fact that they just kind of like fight each other or yeah. get kidnapped is uh, well, no less fun. Can't win them all. But yeah, yeah. I guess Wendy, at a certain point in my life, uh, you know, the idea of, well, why would you be a partner when you can just be my mother? Like. <laughs> and not that uh-huh. it was said to me outright, but like, but that's I feel kinda... like this is more of like, uh, boys, I tried to date unsuccessfully. It's like, oh, you just want a mother. You yeah. just want someone to talk to. That's like, oh, okay. You just, you just want someone to, to take care of you. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. And that wasn't appealing to you. Well, I mean, mm. I stuck with each of those situations much longer than I should have. I but... stu- you stuck with this one for... Yeah probably too long but thank you you've grown up a little bit i do okay uh yeah that's uh, that's an interesting (laughs) point on wendy though but yeah i feel like in up it's not necessarily that i uh identify with carl Mm -hmm. so much as i identify with the ways that carl and russell help each other both um stay young Mm. and be wise right I feel like Carl passes on some of that wisdom of like Russell who's just like oh and this and this and this happened oh 
I guess he was trying to say this, like these funny punchlines, because yeah. he's so naive. And I feel like he learns a little bit more by the end of the movie. He's a little bit more perceptive. and um, But also, he just has more of an anchor, because Carl is there. His dad has kind of abandoned the family. Yeah. He doesn't see his dad very often. Um, and so Carl becomes that person. And, and Russell isn't an, at an appropriate age where he does need a parental figure. Yeah. Parental figure. Um, and someone to talk to and to like help him navigate growing up. And, yep. and through that, Carl becomes young again. Um, not necessarily by hanging out with a young person, but just establishing a relationship that is new and that is that can have its own adventures. By, and getting out of his habits. Mm-hmm. Like I think even when... Like when uh, the house is like uh, airborne, or when it, I think I think it's like landed on the cliff, he like kind of dusts off the mantle, which is something we see him do over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's like you bust out of your old habits, you do something new, you're gonna grow as a person. Yeah, yeah. and I and that resonates with me as a teacher that like each new crop of kindergartners or just yeah. how my kids' personalities change from second to third grade or whatever it is that they are, they keep reminding me that it's like, I'm not just doing the same thing every year. Like I could be, but I don't have to because there's all these other ideas out there and there's these relationships I have with the kids that informs what I do every year. I I heard you mention third grade. So uh, on on that note, (laughs) let's talk about our trace gulp of the night. uh, Third drink. Uh, Dick, I am uh, going to challenge you to duck walk the plank uh, to this <laughs> duck walk oh. vineyards windmill red. Oh. Uh, windmills have wings, kind of. Well, um, Don Quixote fly. chased windmills. And as we know, Ernie Sabella was in Man of La Mancha. Uh, along this is going to be Stokes a challenge Mitchell. for every episode. Can is you mention to, Ernie Sabella? Uh, no, the challenge is going to be, can we get Ernie Sabella? And then the next challenge will be, can we get him to leave? Can we get Ernie Sabella to leave? Uh, because as we've as we've seen from Lion King D23 specials, once you have Ernie Sabella on stage, he will stay in center stage we're as long as We're going to save these him. stories for the Lion King Oh, episode. no, you have an Ernie Sabella story that we're I have saving. a better. It, yes. So keep listening. Yes. But Ernie we'll, Sabella, if you're out there listening, we would love to have you on this podcast. And if you know Ernie Sabella, like, uh, give us an intro. We do. We, well, we shouldn't tell him that we have a second bedroom because it's not a bed. It's an office. We have an yeah. office. We have a number of probably let's, Airbnbs you know, in our say, neighborhood. Let's just say that we would like to meet Ernie Sabella. We would like to meet Ernie Sabella. Maybe yes. record at a third party location. Um, yes, that's true. So uh, duck walk. Uh, windmill, windmill red. Red. Flight. Well, <laughs> let's let's take a minute then uh-huh. and talk about what makes the windmill red. Oh no! Yeah. I didn't mean for this to happen. Well, it's I, right, I think it's I think yep, it's the it's last time. thing we need to to dive into yeah. uh, before before we finish this off. Um, we've touched on it a little bit, uh, but. The, um, the, the scenes with the indigenous, uh, folks, specifically, um, the song, What Makes the Red Man Red, are one of the more, uh, overtly racist things in a Disney overtly movie. Overtly racist. Um, makes, like, s- s- 
Song of the South, I think, just uh, Song of the South portrayed, has the general problem. Like it portrayed s- slaves as happy. Yeah. Like not not great. Which is not severely good. problematic. Um, this is is just like crazy overt to me. I'm I'm not excuse. To be clear, I'm not excusing Song of the South. I, I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah. I feel like, uh, I, I, how has this not been? Uh, how is this not uh, uh, like disqualifying? I guess I guess this movie you can't rent anywhere. You can only own it. So I mean, that was the thing. I'm not sure, like you know, movies go in and out of the vault. Yeah. Although a little bit less now, but we could only find this at the $15 price level, yeah. which we have learned is the kind of the movies that Disney doesn't need you to see anymore. Yeah. Um, Return of Jafar. I'm scared also to see Return of Jafar now. Also at the $15 level for some reason. Everything else, like just about anything on YouTube or Vudu is like $2.99, maybe $4.99 if it just came out. Yeah. But um, yeah, this one was $15 everywhere. Yeah, and this is a, you this is a you have to buy it, you can't rent it, which yeah. makes me which makes me think it's like Disney saying like, cool, you either are a giant Disney fan or you've seen this movie and, and you know what you're getting into. But the... Uh, like, yeah, and I'm trying to look it, up because the... Yeah. So the stage musical, the non-Disney one, the one that P, uh, NBC Live did, yeah. um, they have taken out like the... Indian sequence yeah. um, as time goes on. Um, and I'm trying to see if like Disney has done any releases, at least without the song. Yeah. Uh, they haven't, but I also think, like you said, it's like 20 minutes. It's The song is bad, but so is everything else. Like, yeah, the, the song is a problem, but if you get rid of the song, you've still got all the other, like all the stereotypes are still there. All the like poking at, at, um, you know the the savages, as as they say, uh, yeah. is still there. And Tiger Lily, who's the the princess of the tribe, mm-hmm. is an essential part of the story. Yeah, you can't just cut like you can't you can't cut this. It yeah. is it is interwoven into the story of of Disney's uh, well of Peter Pan, but specifically it's it's in this movie, and you can't really get around it. So it's interesting. There's a Peter Pan Jr. Disney adapts a lot of its musicals, whether or not they've made it to the stage, as musicals that junior highs or elementaries can do. And there's a Peter Pan Jr. that apparently the song in that one is called What Makes the Brave Man Brave? And it takes out all racist moments in the song. That's interesting. However, like... That sounds about white. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. are schools going to know? Like, I just see this still being performed in the same way. Yes. If the director doesn't have the context, like, oh, no, this is the Indian scene. We're going to act like, uh, yeah, I'm just worried about those, like, small town schools that are doing it. So I'll do a little bit of research into this and see what. We'll do do some research offline and we'll we'll post some stuff. Because I know in other productions, like. Tiger Lily and her people are kind of distanced from any specific uh, community. And so they're just kind of like a forest people. Right. um, Which I think is a way to make it work. But you would, I mean, to, yeah, she's part of the plot. So you'd have to replace it with something. But what do you replace it with? The the one thing that you said, uh, like right in the middle of the scenes, is you're like, Russell Means was right. Uh, I did say that. <laughs> say say more. So Russell Means uh, plays Chief Powhatan in Pocahontas. He was he's 
they had several um, consultants from Native American tribes um, on the making of Pocahontas. Russell Means is kind of the spokesperson for that faction, um, in part because he has a voice in the movie, and I think he was also perhaps one of the only ones who was like, yeah, I'll speak positively about this movie that yeah. uh, maybe gets the history all wrong, but yeah, his reasoning we, for we doing... we talked about Pocahontas being mm-hmm. uh, kind of a problem. And it's problematic not in overt racism. Right. The people are portrayed uh, very respectfully. Yeah. And there are details in it. So The it, story is just wrong. The story is just wrong. Also, and all it kind of those people died 10 minutes after the movie. colonialism, ended. yeah. Yeah. Um, so big problems. But Russell means, um, you know, because he received criticism even at the time, backlash from um, different tribal communities saying, how dare you sell us out? This mm-hmm. isn't accurate. This isn't. And he said, look, like he might not have said look like that. But his rationale is like portrayal of any nat- any indigenous population has been so poor and so like offensive and negative up to this point that at least they're trying to do this positively i mean that's basically what he said he said at least like at least they're trying at least we have this yeah and at least they're like asking indigenous people uh, about details and they're consulting and holy cow when you look when you look back Mm -hmm. pocahontas is a huge step it really is that's from overt racism. That's not saying a lot, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it's, again, this was much worse than I had anticipated, and I knew it was going to be bad. Um, and so I understand the incrementalism philosophy of Russell Means. Like, well, if we, like they, they have this idea. They're going forward with it no matter what. We might as, we well as well make it the best. Make it a little bit more that, accurate, yeah. a little bit more authentic, because at least they're not trying to make us terrible caricatures. Yeah. So yeah. problematic. All right. I think, you know what? <laughs> I think uh, we've said all we need to say. Up has none of that. Well, no, it has, it none, has of none of that. Up is, up is uh, pretty nice. Up, up works. No. Uh, not canceled. Yeah. It's not canceled. Not canceled. All right. All so right. Um, let's... Uh, let's duck walk the plank into the final cut, Dick. D- okay. We were using the same pun again. I has the same wine. So. Well, you scoffed at it the first time, so I thought I'd try again. Oh. How'd it work? Not well. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's... Uh, the first final cut of our final cuts is our uh, MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, you no, it's not. Usually we do scene shout out. Our first. first final cut of our final cuts is scene shout outs. Yep. That's what I meant. That's I was correct. testing you. Uh-huh. You passed. Thanks. Is scene shout outs. Uh, Kate, why don't you go ahead and start with a scene shout out for Peter Pan? Yes. I would like to shout out. Uh, it's a device oh. that comes back. No. Oh, which one? Oh, you have two choices. No, you go first. No. Ah. Uh, Okay, so... You do one, I'll do the other. Yeah, is it is it that situation? No idea. No, I'm going to go with this, this first thing. Right. Uh, it's a device, um, but I'll go with the specifically the first instance of it when they're talking at first about uh, Hook losing his hand to a crocodile. Smee says, 
well, at least you n- always know when it's coming when it because you can hear the tick tock tick tock, and then his voice like gets overshadowed by the real tick tock sound, mm-hmm. and both Smee and Hook are animated in a way that their eyes bulge with the tick tock, and their body shakes like, and it's very musically choreographed, and then the you know the crocodile shows up, and it's got the clock in its mouth, but it's this like. Not only is are they like kind of like throbbing in anxiety to the beat, but as the crocodile gets closer, it does a crescendo and Hook's like, Hook just goes into full on panic. Like yeah. his expressions get bigger and he gets more and more uh, flustered. And it's just, it's really good animation. It's really good. Uh, it's a fun little uh, motif yeah, that keeps a- on showing up because every time thing. the TikTok comes back, the animation comes back like too. Someone's ears wiggle. Yeah. Someone's like eyebrows are flying around. Yeah. Smee shaves a bird's butt. It's yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it's neat. Dick, scene shout out for Peter Pan. Okay, this isn't even a scene. This is just a moment that I loved, and uh, I want to I want to give it some mm-hmm. give some extra credit. Um, in the uh, so um, when Peter comes in and he's like, hey, we're going to go to Neverland, he teaches them how to fly. They kind of like say the words mm. to You Can Fly. Mm-hmm. And then a chorus comes in and sings the song. Yeah. And then they start flying off to Neverland. Mm-hmm. And Peter flies very well. And Wendy and um, John don't fly quite as well. And Michael... Um, is the the littlest one? Aww. He's a little 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 boy with a little butt flap pajamas, um, and he he it's him, and he's got his little bear with him all the time, and I love that. But there's a moment where they're all flying away, and Michael looks down and he sees the dog Nana, and she's she's looking up and and she's she seems uh, like sad and scared and upset all at the same time. So Michael flies uh, back to the window. He grabs Tinkerbell. He shakes out some pinky du- pixie dust on the dog, <laughs> and the dog just kind of floats Wee. up. And it's 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 a sweet moment where she's so happy. Where like she's she's happy, but like a little confused. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it it looks like it might be the same animation as when she's uh, being pulled down the stairs by Dad. But that's, I've you know never what? known Disney to recycle animation. Exactly. Um. But like the the little boy saying like oh oh no my dog like it's it's a really sweet moment and I like in that moment I'm like cool Michael I love you for this whole movie <laughs> like uh, favorite character the whole the we can fly scene is I think is another good example oh, of like just kind gorgeous. of this a bullient uh, joyfulness of childhood that yeah. like oh we we can fly yeah is it makes me smile and I just I just love these these characters Wendy who's kind of like. I am the practical one. And John, who's like, I believe that I'm the practical one. <laughs> uh, and then Michael, who's just Michael. And they're all voice. Uh, Catherine Beaumont is, I think, in her teens. She mm-hmm. also voices Alice. She's Wendy. Wendy. Nice. And um, John and Michael are both child voices, like real children voicing it. And I think it gives a good authenticity to those characters. Nice. Yeah. All right. So... And our second segment, Dick, is MVP. Um, is is uh, who's your most valuable 
Peter. Wait, wait, wait. So, uh, sorry. Peter. I wanted Pup. to. I, I believed this thing, and I wanted oh. to look it up before I said it. Okay. Uh, Catherine Beaumont, uh, who, as you said, played uh, Wendy uh, in this movie, uh, also played uh, Wendy in another thing, which was Kingdom Hearts. Aww. Yeah. Like 50 years later. That's sorry, so sweet. 49 years later, cool. she played Wendy again. And then she played uh, Wendy. She's she's like still in. Oh, well, I mean, she's not still in them. She's she's. Uh, uh, oh no, she's still alive. I don't think she's doing work anymore. Go Catherine Beaumont. Um, but yeah, she's like uh, in 2010. She's like someone's grandma in another Kingdom Hearts game. Nice. Yeah, uh, crazy pants. She also spells her Catherine like my Catherine. There the, aren't many of us. The correct way. The correct way. With a K and a Y and two Qs. Uh, we'll get you to figure out how to spell my name. You know what? Uh, I just say Kate. <laughs> do you have an MVP? Is it is it Kingdom Hearts Catherine Beaumont? Well, I, you know what? I was going to do a scene shout out for Up. Oh, yeah. Because that's just the next thing that, that we movie. do in this podcast. Cool. And I have a, sh- a scene ready. Great. Um, there's a scene where uh, Russell, uh, not Russell Means, Russell the small child, is trying to um, p- uh, pitch a tent. He's, tr- he's trying to put a tent together because it is raining and they are outside. And he's a, you know, a little, <laughs> little, boy, little, little boy scout, little cub scout, and he's, a, he's, he's pretty inept and he cannot put a tent together and it's very fun to watch. And Carl, you know, is is frustrated with him as he is throughout much of the movie. Um, and he's like, "Hey, didn't you know? Didn't your dad ever teach you how to uh, put up a tent or something like that?" And um, like, I, I don't remember exactly how it happened, mm-hmm. but it's revealed that uh, uh, that Russell's dad. It doesn't really show up for things anymore. And mm. it's unclear whether Russell knows what's going on. And yeah. it's kind of unclear what's going on. Like, is dad just away on business a lot? Is he moved uh, so he's no longer part of the family? Which is what it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, at, you know, at the end when, like, only mom is there. Um, but it's, like, it's a really interesting moment because first, like, one, Carl is, like, Oh man, I, I I was kind of a jerk right there, but also like, oh this is like this is a different generation. Mm. This is not the generation I grew up in. Like right. I kind of see that where he's like, oh yeah, well your your dads know about camping things, right. and Russell's like, uh, it's different now. You yeah. know, like it's it's a it's a nice moment, and it kind of reveals like one. Carl might be a little out of touch, mm-hmm. uh, slash is clearly out of touch. And two, like he kind of confronts that he might not have been the nicest guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think we, we also see in that moment that Russell is looking for a father figure. Yeah. Yeah. And he's kind of, uh, just like Doug has adapted Carl as his master. Um, we didn't even talk about Doug. We didn't talk about Doug, but Doug, the talking dog, uh, <laughs> is like, you're my master now. And that's kind of exactly the same thing that Russell does. Yeah. Right? He's like, you're it, my father oh. figure now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick, I love Doug the talking dog. 
I did not need other talking dogs in this movie. Yeah. If I'm going to call out a weak point, that's it for me. Yeah, the idea is that Muntz has trained all these dogs with like special technology to like have these translator collars. So instead of just barking, they speak out loud their thoughts. And somehow all the other dogs have taken on more human qualities except for Doug. Except for Doug. Who just behaves like a dog, but if a dog could speak his thoughts. Yeah. you are my master. I like you, master. Yeah. I see a ball. I, I will go chase the ball. I just met you and I love you now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, yeah, I think I think that character is so well written and so effective. Yeah. And the other characters are like, uh, woof, woof, I'm a talking dog. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little it's a little bit of a bummer. That's that's uh, if I'm going to call out one detraction from this movie. Yeah. Uh, scene unshout out. Unshout out. Uh, that's what I would call out. Yeah, they're do, just do, kind of general do, gangsters. Do you have a uh, yeah, scene re- shout out uh, so for So related to yours, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Yes. Uh, related to yours, I'm going to do an honorable mention uh, for the scene at the end where Russell is back because uh, his whole thing is that he wants to get this helping the elderly badge mm-hmm. so that he can... I forget what the specifics are, but graduate to the next level of wilderness. He becomes a senior, uh, yeah, wilder boy. Uh, wilder boy, and he like, and this is in his initial speech that like, there's a ceremony and all the dads are there, but he he doesn't. So like later when he talks about his dad in that tent scene, it's like, oh, this is another reason he wants to go to this badge ceremony. Yes, because all the dads are there, and my my dad has to show up at this ceremony. All the dads are there. All the dads are there. Um, but his dad doesn't show up, but Carl is there mm-hmm. to pin the badge on him, except for he pins his grape soda bottle cap from Ellie on him. And it's just like, I, like it's, it's foreshadowed so earlier. I've seen this movie before. I knew it was coming, but I cried just the same. Anyway, so that's honorable mention. <laughs> and I would, I would like to just let the greater podcast listening community know um, because Carl has a grape soda pin, uh-huh. and because um, if you're talking about the Green Fairy, uh, you might be talking about absinthe. I did pitch that our drink for tonight would be grape soda and absinthe mixed together, but Kate rejected that idea. I responded simply with a barf face emoji. <laughs> That's all that needs to be said. But speaking of drink, Dick, it looks like... We're both on our last oh, stage of this flight, but yeah. maybe we should save it for I the was, last. I was going to save flight. it for uh, the okay, time where the will. segue would have been appropriate. Yeah, well, I didn't wait for that. Uh, nope. My real scene shout out, though, is um, related to a, a kind of a new resonance I found with Up this time around. Um, once Carl has gotten his house in position and Russell has gone to save Kevin and Carl's like, forget about that. He opens the adventure book that Ellie had started when she was a kid mm. and um, where he found this picture of the house at Paradise Falls. And she's got a whole section of like adventures I've already been on. And then she's got a section you see in this first 10 minute mon- montage yeah. that is um, adventures I want to do or things I, I want to do. Yeah. And at the, you know, when you are introduced to it, that section's blank and it's very exciting. And, and like you said, one and of the she, reasons. She says, like, um, Oh, this is the the section I'm reserving for, like, the adventures I go on. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things you said was that this whole ballooning down to South America is kind of a redemption of, like, the adventures he didn't get to take her on Mm because they were 
because life happened instead. And specifically that Paradise Falls adventure right. that we see they always wanted to do but never did. Right. No. So he opens that book and he gets to the things that I want to do and he goes and he's just like, well, in this, you know, it's, it's all nonverbal and he's thinking, well, this is, this is it. And then he turns the page and the pages aren't blank. Yeah. They're pictures of their life together. <laughs> I'm crying now. I know. Um, and it's like pictures of their wedding and just like pictures of them hanging out in their backyard mm-hmm. and working at the zoo together. And it's, it's this whole, like, it's, it's a reframing of, you know, he thinks he's doing this for Ellie, but Ellie had the adventures she wanted to. Like, she would have loved to have gone to Paradise Falls, but like, she was living in the moment and she knew that it was this life that they had built together that they were there, that there were the adventures, um, tongue tied. Um, but we had talked about afterward that like, this is like, the relationship that we're in now. Mm-hmm. Disclosure to the listeners. We are dating. These podcast hosts are I, dating. I feel like we've mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, we, we've mentioned that we live together. No. Uh, anyway, um, this is like the first like super serious relationship for both of us. Mm-hmm. And um, and kind of uh, as as we see it now, the, the last uh, serious relationship we might be in for a while. Oh boy. For a while. You're potentially dating this podcast in a really bad way. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but like that whole Carl and Ellie, like the first 10 yeah. minutes, but also that part carried new weight. And I mean, new... As, as two people have been, uh, who are in a serious relationship and talking about next steps, that relationship really, really carries weight. And, and like, and we traveled together and we, have adventures far away and we have adventures close by and it's and it's just it really resonates mm-hmm. yeah yeah good uh, scene. but they didn't have a podcast so they didn't they were missing out boom <laughs> we got one over them um cool mvp yeah. uh, oh boy mvp's next mm-hmm. so mvp we uh, say who uh, one mvp uh from uh, the both whole thing from the whole from the whole, the whole night. Thing. Uh, I'm gonna give mine to Ed Wynn, who is not in this movie, but he was so great in Alice in Wonderland. Um, oh boy, that's that's hard. That's really hard. Um, and and I, I'm going to give my I'm gonna get a uh, give it to the guy we didn't talk about enough in this, and that's Doug. All right. Uh, Doug is great. I don't like dogs. No. You can attest to this. Uh, uh-huh. I am not a fan. Yeah. If I see, there are certain dogs that if I see walking down the street, I will try and cross. I do not like them. I do not like small dogs. They are annoying. I do not like big dogs. They are annoying and slobbery and sometimes scary. I do not like dogs. I love Doug. Yeah. I love Doug. Uh, partially because he reminds me of myself. <laughs> um but like he's he's a, a really is a really fun character. It's a really well written character, and I feel like um, as um, the animal sidekick, kind of yeah. Um, Kevin also yeah. He's he's a super um, like the humor does not get in the way of telling a good story Mm -hmm. um which is something that i feel like animal sidekicks often can do yeah um and and same same with kevin who's even more uh animalistic because he doesn't have a voice box (laughs) that allows him to talk 
Um, and I feel like Kevin is like a more successful version of, uh, uh, what's that thing's name from Moana? Uh, hey, hey. Hey, hey. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like Kevin has that sort of like, I'm just going to squawk. I'm going to do something weird or just dumb. Just the fact that I am internally cracking up every time you say the name Kevin yeah. for this dopey, giant, kind of like big bird meets toucan meets like this wildly colored fantastical bird yeah and russell just decides he's named kevin yeah uh, and that's it's the, a she like that's it's the a, name i he, gave to him just now <laughs> and kevin kevin's like yep i'm on yeah. board i'm kevin <laughs> i am kevin let's go uh yeah yeah doug is great I, any character who speaks without uh using contractions yeah. is always a winner so like Data from Star Trek The Next Generation. Data is a, a Noonien Soon android. And Data doesn't talk using contractions. Um, it, it's a really interesting uh, part of his character. When he gets his emotions Elmo chip, also though, does not use contractions. Uh, when he gets his emotions chip later, he starts using contractions. And it's really weird uh, for the character. So, What's your MVP? My MVP is Russell. Mm -hmm. It has to be. Mm -hmm. I was mulling Ed Asner because we haven't talked about him yet and how oh, he's, he's great. like so the part. Yeah. I feel like everyone as Ed Asner plays, he just is like, he is Lou Grant. He is Santa Claus. He is Carl. I just, I immediately believe him and I'm on board. He's cranky with a heart. Anyway, Russell, because. This character is is great. Like we've talked before about how I am very drawn to the well, the 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 Ralph Wiggum characters, your Maters, mm -hmm. your Ralphs. Uh, but I th I feel like Russell is given a little bit more uh, depth, and he's given a little bit more of a you know a, an arc. Um, but also just everything he says is great. He very much speaks in stream of consciousness. He is voiced um, by an actual child as well. Um, I love the way he uh, reads and how his voice changes when he is reading oh, something. Oh, he does a great job it of reading It goes stuff. from, uh, but I need my badge because the elderly helping badge is the final, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, this, yeah, it, if you have listened to kids read before, it is... The idea is to get them close to a speaking voice, but it doesn't happen for a while. Um, and just, he's so, he's just so pure, like a Hufflepuff. He just wants to help people and he is the sweetest. And I laugh every time he starts that. Uh, good afternoon. My name is Russell. Like, yeah. Oh, he could do that a lot more times in the movie than he does. And I would still laugh every time. I, I want to throw out a quick uh, aside about Ed Asner. Mm -hmm. uh, a woman that once or twice costumed me for a show that uh -huh. I did in theater uh -huh. uh, in Michigan uh, was executive producer on a movie with Ed Asner called Getting Ed Laid. It is a movie. <laughs> it's a movie oh, they no. made in 2016. <laughs> uh, it is a. Uh, I, I have not seen this movie, but uh -huh. it is apparently about a 85-year-old uh, professor who hires a hooker for one last hoorah. So, uh -huh. there you go. Okay. Uh, getting so that, getting Ed laid. Uh, 
check it out, I guess. I, uh, Is this a recommendation or just a no? It's just be aware. Uh, just so you know. Okay. Uh, look, that's my uh, tie to Ed Asner. That's that's one. That's one. That's two away, I guess. My tie to Ed Asner. That's two is, degrees of Ed Asner. He looks a lot like my grandpa. Uh, the grandpa that looks like Ed Asner. Oh, okay. That one. Not the one that doesn't look like Ed. Not Asner. the one that doesn't look like. That's Ed the Asner. one I was thinking of. <laughs> so he's just my grandpa too. Nice. Hey, Kate. Yeah. Let's cross over some stuff. Yeah. What do you want to cross over? Uh, Michael, darling. Eisner. No, Michael Darling joins the Wilderness Lodge, uh, Troop Aww. 54. Uh, he is mentored by Russell, uh, who can now take on mentoring capacities because oh, no. he's a senior. Um, yeah, Michael might teach him how to read a little bit better, uh, but they both... Yeah, I just... I really liked Michael in yeah. Peter Pan. Like, like I said, they were voiced by real kids, and this one was super cute. Yeah. Uh, and he had the same kind of Russell energy. He didn't have as much to do. Yeah. But he had that same kind of like, I don't, ah, I'm a kid. I don't, I, I don't, don't know. I totally know what I'm doing, but this yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm on board. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. Um, Scouting adventures. Uh, and by the way, uh, shout out to uh, Troop 54, my Cub Scout troop. Hey. Not to be confused with my Boy Scout troop, Troop 407, as seen in WrestleMania 17. <laughs> Someone has a Troop 407 sign. I, I oh. don't I don't know them. Okay. But they do. Okay, cool. So there you go. It's your uh, Dick Ward Boy Scout. You think troop numbers fact. have to be done locally, I right? I believe that's Or else it would up, get up to like the tens of thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Like, anyway. I don't know science. A Troop 407. The Troop 407. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, if I'm going to do a crossover in this, uh, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cross it over the other way. Um I'm going to put, uh, I'm just going to take the uh, Ed Asner character. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Craig, Greg? S- uh, Smitty? Greg. Uh, sh- 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 Mr. 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 Shiota? Mr. Frederickson. That's yeah. the other thing Carl, I love about yes. also just always refers to him. Uh, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take him and I'm going to put him in Neverland and just see what happens. <laughs> 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 like it it was plenty of fun having Robin Williams as an adult go to Neverland in Hook, but I just really want an old man telling those boys to be quiet. Pipe uh, down. And then eventually uh dressing up in one of those outfits. Kate, have you ever dressed <gasps> up in an outfit like that? The Lost Boys all have. I'm very jealous of them. They all are dressed in cozy wraps in forest animal cozy wraps i mean they're they're like they're like onesie pajamas they're, with tails yeah is basically and what like these ears are. like one and is a ears. rabbit one no. is a bear so and and two are raccoons yes and these don't have they don't have faces they have like a hole for a human face it's they not have, like a mm-hmm. mascot costume right it's just it's just like really comfortable pajamas that also look like woodland animals yeah like the sam's club item cozy wraps Dear listeners, if Dear you listeners, know where we can get these. This past December, our family stayed at an Airbnb in uh, upstate New York for the holidays. Yeah. We entered the house. Uh, great setup. Lovely kitchen. Multiple bedrooms. A little like non-working fireplace. A lot of creepy paintings on the wall. Very. 
And then on two of the couches lie a pile of magic. (laughs) There was a face on the top. One face was a raccoon. One face was a white wolf. Yeah. And then when you took the pile uh, from the couch, you realized this is not a pillow. This is not a blanket. This is a blanket that has a hood and armholes that I can wrap around myself to basically become a woodland animal. So, so it's basically a, um, what, what do you call them? A, a cozy a, wrap. It's basically like a slanket. Or a, yeah, it's a, like a slanket or a snuggie. A snuggie, but it's got a hood. Uh-huh. And the hood is, uh, in, in the case of the one you put on, a raccoon A head. raccoon? Mm-hmm. Um, but not with the eyes and stuff. No, it had the face, eyes. Oh, it does. It has the eyes and the nose. But Your not face the mouth. appears like in the muzzle kind yeah. of area. So uh, Kate uh, gets this, oh. puts it on, and, and this thing is comfy. It's really comfy. It's got like that, like uh, fun, like long-haired sheepskin on no. the inside that's super soft. But Kate gets this, she puts it on, and she just goes feral. <laughs> That's so, the best way to describe it. So at it. first you were just well, like having fun. Well, my brother fun. also put on the wolf one. Yes. So like we're posing for pictures. We're like, this is ridiculous. This yeah. is great. We're all having fun. And then. We're making some animal sounds. And then, well, and then it's like that meme. Nobody, or like everybody. Blank. And then Kate just makes <laughs> a, this loud scream and runs across the room with her paws out. <laughs> Like a raccoon. You say pause, but you just have your hands in like a raccoon doesn't do ever. They do. You know what? I did have a template for it, and it's another Ed Asner movie. The raccoon that attacks uh, that attacks Buddy the Elf as he's walking through the seven layers of the candy cane forest. That's the raccoon I I was channeling at that time. So anyway, Uh, raccoon cozy wraps. Kate, what's what's this last trick we haven't had in front of us? Well. Dick, it's called uh, Apothic. Apothic Red. Inferno. Apothic Inferno. No, it's called Apothic Inferno. Like, um, you know, a fire that might burn down a movie for the insurance money <laughs> or a fire that would consume the contents of a vault or something like that. Or like a fire that would re-release a movie into the theaters. Um, Look, yeah. this doesn't and, totally work. But. Well, and it's aged in whiskey barrels, so you mm-hmm. might be a little bit uh, cloudy on your judgment if you were to re- re-release some of these scenes into With a, a theater in 2019. With a chance of meatballs. Dick, yes, Peter Pan. Hey, Kate. Do you re-release it exactly as is, mm. uh, special edition it, or uh, lock that sucker in a vault? So I'm going to put a qualifier on this round. Of uh, re-release, special edition, or lock in the vault. None of us, especially you, is allowed to say that we're going to release it as is, but put it in a museum and give it context. Yeah. No, that's fair. I'm not going to do that. Uh, Special edition for Mm -hmm. Peter Pan. Uh, Take out the obvious racism. Put another story in there. Yeah. Or, or, um, you know, we talked about how uh, Alice in Wonderland was actually released uh, on TV is like an hour long episode or, or like 50 minutes or something like that. That'd be a great uh, Peter Pan. Yeah. You know, um, I think the original voice actors are so talented and so fun. Um, 
which is also a shame because I don't know who's playing the uh, indigenous chief. Yeah. Uh, that dude's voice. Oh, man. He's got a great voice so, for being... It's such a good voice. A racist caricature. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a terrible character. That voice. Mm. It's, it's just like deep and power. It feels like I'm being like hit by a brick. Yeah. It's like pretty close to like the sound that can make you poop. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Um, so, yeah. we. I mean, we take out take out the the stuff that's horrible mm-hmm. uh and leave the magic in yeah because i think despite the problems i went away from this movie going like yeah i mean that's from the 50s but nice job otherwise yeah like uh it's from the 50s and the uh, based on original material from farther back yeah like it's got it's got problems but man there's some gold in there. Yeah. So at at this point for the podcast, we've seen in terms of like old school Disney, yeah. we've seen four movies. And I think this is one of two that hold up in terms of I want to keep watching this movie. Yeah. Aside from the uh, 20 yes. minutes that you can't show anyone again. <laughs> um, whereas like Bambi, I was like, all right, I see what like leaps and bounds you made with this yeah. animation wise. The animals are fun to watch. This eventually it's, turned into the Lion King. Yeah, this I appreciate the history. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland, I am more close to vaulting than anything else You're not just because I don't care. There are other movies that I can uh, showcase the golden age of Disney with. Sure. And Peter Pan is one of them. I remember like halfway through, we didn't talk about it, but it's highly documented that Peter and his shadow scene Yes. Um, which, which is, um, precedence for Dr. Facilier mm-hmm. later. Um, but it's just so well done and so good, good looking yeah. that halfway through this scene, I think I said aloud, oh, this is one of the good ones. Like <laughs> <laughs> Alice in Wonderland was rough for me. I'm like, oh no, no, no. This, it establishes trust very yep. early on that family scene in the beginning. You'd think it would be a slow start to the movie, but it's zippy and it gives a lot of characterizations and it introduces you to the themes and it's fun and then yeah. once peter shows up it's still fun yeah i i can't remember when they confront captain hook after he's like with tiger lily as his prisoner mm-hmm. do the indians I and mean, i'm calling them indians because that's what the movie calls the movie them was, yeah. do the indians show up there are they done by that point um no no. That's when they sang. No, when, no, no. Like when you see Captain Hook with Tiger Lily in that like cave. Oh no, that's just that's just Pam. Right. Yeah. So I think it might be a little bit like, wait, where is this plot line coming from? But I think there's a way to I think you can cut make it, it out. Yeah. I think it makes it a weaker I think it brings up plot holes. But I think you can still do following the leader, right? It's only at the end of that song that they come across the tribe. Have to chase the engines, the engines. Well, so you can. You change some words in that one. But I think yeah. that's easier to do. I think that's easier to dub than like an entire scene or something. It's a, it's almost as if um, racism is, is baked into uh, every element of... Uh, not only Peter Pan, but America. And I hey. guess uh, Jam Bear is English, so England too. And that's interesting to me. Like, I would want to research, like, what was English perception of indigenous people? 
people at the time. I guess they were getting I mean, stories back we, from the New we World. Kinda, we yeah, I guess see. we know. We know. Uh, <laughs> uh, know. Yeah, you just cut it out because we, we, you know, we. So I guess my solution is special edition too, but I'm not exactly sure how it would look. You yeah. have to take it out. You have to take those scenes out. Yeah. Um, but replacing them becomes fraught too because. What you know, I like the I like I said earlier, I like the idea of you're getting introduced to this lot like the daily life of these lost boys that they're kind of on loop in this game and it doesn't really matter who wins. And so that could be against a different tribe of lost boys, it could, but like you need a differentiating factor. Mm-hmm. It could be against like lost girls, lost girls, it could be against like, a group of animals, but then. No. Because you know it's replacing indigenous people, you don't want to replace it with animals. But if you, that's if you do lost girls, then it makes sense that Tiger Lily would be one of them. There you go. Okay. So, so maybe it's lost girls. That's. I mean, we've been mulling this over for a little while. Yeah. Obviously, we don't have the answer. And there's not a way that doesn't disrupt that. Like, you have to change no, lines. It's, it's you have all, to it's all broken. add dialogue. Yeah. So. Yeah, but the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, Kate. Um, you can re-release. let me let me ask you about uh, up. Re-release. Yeah. Re-release. Yeah. Um, I I agree with you that some of the dog stuff gets just a little bit, like the scenes could be half as long, but they're not as big of a part of the movie as I remember them being yeah. either. Um, like it's their scenes are are pretty quick, and there's a variation. Um. And in the fact that like Doug is contrasted with them, and I feel like there it's not it's not super developed, but I feel like there's a little bit of a parallel in Doug like kind of being the outsider to his group, just mm-hmm. like Carl. It seems like maybe like none of his friends are alive anymore, and Russell doesn't really fit in with his Boy yeah, Scouts. Russell doesn't and really have friends. Yeah. yeah, so they're all kind of these misfits that are banding together just because they're like uh, good people yeah. good dogs that's fair um so i don't mind that um yeah this movie's pretty tight it as is i love it what about you so i re-release it but i re-release it in a, a trilogy form we have to watch all three movies at once uh oh in a row so it starts with moana uh-huh. and then up uh-huh. And then Coco. And it's just crying about uh, abuelas. <laughs> crying about grandmothers. I mean, yeah. I guess Ellie was not a grandmother. She was not, but, but she uh, would have been. Had she met Russell, she would have loved that kid. Yeah, this is in my series of uh, crying, <laughs> crying about grandmas yeah. movie. Yeah. Nope. So, uh, thanks for flying with me, oh. Dick Ward. And thanks again to Kelly. For these, uh, for this amazing pairing, and, yeah, very and much for, appreciated. This was this was a lot of fun. I hope, uh, I hope we we did it justice. Yeah, and um, if you'd like to submit your own ideas to us, or yep. send us any other animated movie related questions, comments, concerns, uh, celebrations. Not so much concerns. Yeah, not so much. Uh-huh. Um, Dick, where can you reach us? Oh, uh, well, um, cellmatespodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Twitter at cellmatespodcast. That's right. Uh, Facebook at cellmatespodcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, cellmatespodcast.com. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if you work for the same company I work for, you can hit me up on Slack <laughs> at Dick Ward. Uh, you can open a Jira ticket, uh, like uh, do a bug fix, uh, and I, I might see that if you assign me to it. You could uh, send balloons. You could send balloons. You and could, a leaf uh, blower. Uh, yeah, you could uh, come come visit. Don't do any of that. Just uh, just uh, you know, email, Facebook, Twitter, um, uh, YouTube. It's we're not like YouTube podcast or no. anything like that. Uh, but if you search Cellmates podcast on YouTube, you'll find our stuff. In case you're not the downloading type. Yeah. Anything else? I think I, I think that's it. Yeah. Hey, happy happy summer. I hope you're staying. A little bit cooler and less stormy than we are. And may all your flights be joyful. Coo, 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 coo. Oh, I spilled. (laughs) All right. Podcast over. Bye. Bye. Venezuela were previously featured in another Disney film. Dinosaur. Dinosaur. What are Tapuis? I think it's those like the rock formations in Up. That's great. Rocks. Real rocks. Surprise rocks. No, surprise rocks. Surprise rocks. Food rocks. Rocks. Your food rocks though. Yeah. Yeah. Rugs pretty hard. Yes. <laughs>